0: the shotgun starts the the team concept all of that stuff doesn't fundamentally address the problem golf has four majors a couple of other high value elevated events been whatever you want as an elevated (laughs) event but ultimately just a couple more that are almost on the level of a major and then a whole bunch of filler and so to to bring in a b-tier product to compete on level footing that ultimately offers nothing but filler. and I don't see it working. On it. Nope. Just adding more kale to the salad bar. People already
1: don't want it, so let's give it more of it. That's kind of how I feel about it. Third variety of lettuce. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. It's No Putts Given. How you living? Golf Spy T. Golf Spy C. Chris Nickel. Tony Cubby. Did your water? Did that thing say sleigh on it? Are you a, becoming like a... like, <clears throat> like? Are you? An old oh, I one. thought. Uh, okay, I thought it was like. You were like our doing friend. the lingo with the kids like that slaying. No, no,
0: I'm not slaying. Yeah, no, this is our, our buddy hey, Victor sent me this years ago. Look what I found for you, Tony. Oh, yeah, I, I like I like the the BOA fit system dial on the back of that, but oh, that is no. no. Not going to happen? That's a no for me, dog. All right, well,
1: I just thought I'd throw it in there. <clears throat> yeah, throw
0: it. Throw it somewhere. I just threw it away. I do have, I do have a couple pairs of the bows that I need to start working on. We tried it's for. I'm been get busy. To it. I gotta, I gotta get. take photos first. Like that's that's the process. Get. I gotta take the photos before I can try the shoes. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm like, why you is this an, idiot posting dirty shoes? You have an Doesn't abnormal like of taking pictures of shoes. I think. <laughs> are you <laughs> suggesting I have a fetish? That's not
1: I'm a suggesting fetish. something. I don't yeah, know. you are. Yeah, I am. All right, last week. We talked a little bit about slow play, but it's reaching an inflection point. The tour is going to do whatever. Nothing. They not will going do nothing. Do, they'll do nothing and and like it until, you know, I don't know, till somebody just leaves their group and goes full on, you know, just playing out a turn or something. I don't know. But here's where it kind of matters. Maybe, maybe it matters more to you and me. And do we have a slow play problem? On the courses that you and I play on the weekend, what, if anything, can be done about that? So is slow play an issue across the board, golf in general, not just
0: golf on TV on weekends? I think probably. I know a lot of it depends on perspective, too. So I I play at a semi-private course, which typically means members in the morning uh raff in the afternoon if you will <laughs> um and a a slow weekend morning round is 4 15 something like that so mm-hmm. uh, that, that's when you feel like your dragon's like oh my god it's it's four hours and 15 minutes but you get into the late afternoons five hours not unheard of the resort ish course down the road for me also semi-private uh I don't even. They don't call themselves semi-private. They just have preferred player packages. So, uh, anywhere from yeah, exactly. Uh, But rounds in the summer there, especially we when we get into track season, (laughs) it's legendary for the five-hour round. Oh yeah, Uh, and it absolutely nightmare. So, yeah, regardless of what your perspective is, I know some guys. Three hours and forty-five minutes is slow. They want to. They want to go out on a quiet Tuesday afternoon and burn around. As quickly mm-hmm. as they can, but yeah, I think for many of us, golf takes longer than we should. And you know, for me, it's not it's not about obsessing about the clock. Like I, I don't I don't care if it's three forty five or four fifteen as long as as long as everybody's moving. If there's kind a of... continuous continuous movement, it's it's when you get on that tee box and you just stand yeah. there and you're like, Well, we're young, guys. I mean, I you know, yeah. when you're waiting on a tee box for five ten. Sometimes longer, right? That's just. I mean, it's it's no fun and it kills the round. I want to point out two things on each end because
1: on on the semi-private play or public or private or whatever the case is, we think there's. I think there's two reasons it's the golfer's fault at least for slow play just in general. But I also think there's a couple reasons that it might be the course's fault that people play slowly. So I'm going to start with the course. And, and here are two things that I think the courses could do and should do, but might never do. Number one, think about, right, a golf course, kind of like traffic on a, on a highway or whatever. And, and uh, I remember one of the very first times I came up to one of those merge things and it had, hey, you know, two cars per green light or whatever. I'm like, yeah, what is this? Screw that. And I just went. And when everybody does that, I mean, those lights are there for a reason, right? To try to keep some sense of flow. How many courses out there just jam-pack the course with tea times? I mean, I'm talking every eight minutes or whatever, and they basically see it as a revenue play, right? It's like, hey, we don't really care if it takes you four hours, four and a half, or even five, because maybe the longer you're out there, the more times the beverage cart stops by or whatever the case is. And... We're going to get as many people on the course as, as possible. And we know that every eight minutes it's going to back up sooner rather than later. So, oh, well, we got to make money. And and when it's nice and the weather's out, we got to make money. We got to get as many skiers on the hill. We got to get as many golfers on the course as we possibly can. So, too bad. Like, I think that doesn't really give players a chance. Maybe. Suck it. Suck it and pay up. That's my number one issue with courses. Maybe your course does that. Maybe they don't. Number one issue with players, they just don't know how to play quick. Like, you know, how do we teach them to play a little bit quicker? How do we teach them to, you know, play ready golf to not line up two foot putts that are meaningless? Um, I don't know that you're going to solve those because it's a, you know, again, public game where not everybody's going to have the etiquette pieces down and, you know, some of that may just be. There's always going to be bad drivers in the world, Tony. Sorry, I know, I know. Tell us what kind the deal of year is. Already. At, yeah, I don't know. Tell us what it's like at your course. Who knows? I was watching. Well, I can't lie. I didn't watch. I heard about <laughs> I heard a story. A, I heard a story. Live golf, right? They're down in Australia. Looked like the crowds were good, Tony. From what I saw, is this? Should we quit giving Liv so much crap for not having, you know, great crowds and these things and being energetic and all this stuff? I mean, I saw, you know, Troy Mullins was down there doing interviews and people and they're in Australia.
0: Should we quit being so hard on him? I don't know. I think it's, it's a blip, right? If you look at sort of attendance and to a, not as relevant to this part of the conversation, but the reported viewership, whether that's streaming or, uh, you know, uh, immediately preceding Dawson Creek reruns. One Tree Hill. dubs A big One Tree Hill guy. Uh, the numbers have not been great by yeah. by any objective measure to date. You can you can spin it and go, well, you know, they're just getting started, whatever. And if, if you take that, they're just getting started and you see the uptick, which I, I think is fair to say. I think that was real. For, mm-hmm. for last week, there was an uptick in Australia. So yeah. if you if you want to spin that as a positive, I think you can. But I think you also have to be very aware that this is an event in Australia. Where my understanding is, right, you have a, a population that enjoys golf. Likes golf, wants to watch golf, but is, by and large, deprived of any type of professional golf. And I get there are Australian tours and things like that. But in terms yeah, of but in the general- best players in the world descending on Australia. Yeah. Right. And, and this is this is definitely tier two of the best players in the world. Let, let's be honest. This is not the PGA Tour. Right. Uh, the roster is just not there. Again, spin it any way you want, but that is the reality. It's, you know, by and large, has-beens and guys who haven't won in a while. and And also Cam Smith. That's and, kind of and DJ, yeah, but
1: whatever, yeah. Well, maybe, and what has yeah. DJ
0: won lately? Honestly, so and I'm not saying he's washed up, but he certainly has not been in contention at majors no. and things like that. And so, you yeah. know, so big deal or not the, the I, Australia. I mean, is it's this, interesting, but I, I think I wouldn't read too much into it because again, you you have a a unique situation where you have a, a population that's hungry for golf that that doesn't get professional golf. Right, and maybe that's the key to live's future. Is hey, as long as we stay out of the United States, we're going to do really well. Uh-huh. But I, I think trying to compete with the PGA Tour in the U.S. market, it's it's not going to work long term because for all of the the stuff that may or may not be cool, again, depending on your perspective, sure, the shotgun starts, the the team concept, all of that stuff doesn't fundamentally address the problem, which I've touched on before: is golf has four majors couple of other high value, elevated events, and you can you know, spin whatever you want as an <laughs> elevated event, but ultimately just a couple more that are almost on the level of a major. Right. And then a right. whole bunch of filler. Live is just more filler. At this right. point in time, it's more filler. It saturates an already, again, oversaturated market because TV viewership numbers suggest that golfers don't want what they already have, they don't watch it to <laughs> buy any really. Right significant measure not only comparing the majors but as, as i've said before comparing majors to other sports like midseason NFL games the viewership is not there and so to to bring yeah. in a b tier product to compete on level footing that ultimately offers nothing but filler and you know team based filler i guess i I don't, right. I don't see it working long-term. Nope. Just adding more kale to
1: the salad bar. People already don't want it, so let's give them more of it. That's kind of how I feel about it. A third it.
0: variety of lettuce.
1: A third variety of lettuce. Really quickly on this question, Tony. Is Titleist a step behind? Yes. Okay, moving Finish on. Finish your question, though. What are they a step behind on, Tony, since you're reading my mind? T- title. We, we get on Titleist at times for being methodical that's a good in its approach to sometimes releasing products that might get a designation as modern or you know maybe a little more risky or a little bit more conservative when coming to market. But here's a place where titles might be
0: too slow. Where? golf ball like I, I don't even want to call it customization i just want to like cool stuff on a golf ball something that competes with a tailor-made picks a callaway truvis the we saw the the erc fade ball that callaway did that's yeah, sort yeah. Of something yep. between an uh, a triple track and a, a total response stripe type of thing right kind of splitting the difference there Mm-hmm. I thought, well, that was really cool. Ombre. It was kind of ombre. Right. And and tailor-made with the My Symbol thing where, and, mm-hmm. and ultimately, I hope you find that on a pick someday where you can put anything you want, whether it's from a catalog or maybe even get on the point where you update your own design, put that right. on a pick. Something that, that kind of makes the ball unique. It, it appeals to you on, on more than just a quality level, which is is kind of a crazy thing to say because, you know, as of... This date based on ball lab results. Nobody's matching Titleist for quality, nope. but but give me something more interesting than you know a white ball or a yellow ball or what you know, would even like if you could if, t- if Titleist goes hey
1: Tony great call uh, what do you want on there and what would be the first thing that you would want consumers to have access to or the first thing that they would change because you told them to.
0: Yeah, you know, I i think it's personal <laughs> preference. Like of all the designs I've well, seen. Well, I know, but what's your personal yeah, preference? I, I kinda like the picks approach. I really do like picks, and again, like I don't like the necessarily the original design, but kind of that kind of that multiple markings, semi-symmetrical things on a golf ball that gives you something to look at and you can focus on when it's at a dress. I think it actually helps with that. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. less concerned with like triple track and lining up putts, but you know, yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. I think, I think it's stripe is cool. I think it's because you play FIFA. I think could that's we?
1: what this all comes down could to: is that you actually like metric football better than golf. Which I do. I, I think do. is probably fair. I want a picture. I like the I like the tailor made my symbol. I like being able to put something in there. So when people hey, what do you play? Oh, I got titles four I'm playing titles two. I could be like hey, I'm playing a titles Covey, and I could have your face like right on there. You know, be like hey, I'm playing a, a titleless Covey. I'm like what? Boom! There it is. Done. So chicken wing. Titles, a I'm playing the chicken wing. We'll see. Titleist Tidal chicken, chicken wing. Tidal's chicken. Wing. Yeah,
0: I, I'd like to see them do something yeah. in it. I get it. it's not a priority. and it hasn't been a priority coming out of of right. COVID when do something s- demand far exceeded supply. But okay, that that's behind us. Do do, do something, something cool on the design front. Try it. Give me something. Yeah. I'm not a
1: huge fan <laughs> of subscription services in the world in general, but one thing we are seeing. Is kind of more of this idea of subscribe and save in the golf industry. I think it works in places, doesn't work in other places. Sometimes subscriptions get kind of the four letter word connotation because you feel it's like I think recurring subscriptions, bills. Recurring bills. You know, there was a time when subscriptions kind of felt like uh, you know buying a timeshare, like really easy to get into and like impossible to get out of, but I do think there's a time and a place. So uh, I have my new current favorite one that I've been trying out here a little bit, but you like them. You like the idea of subscribe and save. Does it have a place in the
0: consumer element
1: of this, of the golf world?
0: I think it, I mean, why wouldn't it, it seems to have a place in, in every other sort of consumable. I'm sure you have some stuff on subscribe and save at Amazon. So yes, I do. We get some stuff for the dogs on subscribe and save. My wife probably gets some products I don't know about on subscribe and save. And and that and the end save part makes sense. So, yeah. yeah, I could I could just go out and buy six dozen. We'll use TaylorMade as the example in this case because they have a subscribe and save program on golf balls. Mm-hmm. I could buy six dozen at the start of the year yeah. or, or I could just get a dozen or two every month delivered. No effort on my part. I save a little bit of money on each one. It makes yep. sense on a consumable good. Uh, you, you could maybe, for some guys, make a case that that Odyssey should set up a putter of the month club type of deal. It's just uh, <laughs> there are people that would save, save money on that way, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, you've got—I mean, you've got one there that's interesting.
1: Yeah. So, like, here's the thing with with the subscription stuff. The place to me where it works is number one, if yeah there is an element to it where you do actually save money. I hate the things where you get like a coupon for a store that you never go to, but you're like, Oh look, if I go here and spend twenty dollars, I'll save ten dollars. but if you never go to that store anyway, you're just spending more money now to save something, so really, you're just spending so i'm gonna I'll save eighty bucks to save four yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it has to be something that you really are going to save money. Like I said, dog food. Like we get our monthly chewy order for our dogs. It's great. It's there. It shows up. It does the two things. One, it does save me a little bit of money. Two, it is more convenient because regardless of what people say, oh, I don't need somebody to you know remind me to do this or that. Yeah, you do. Everybody forgets to do stuff. You put post-it notes on your computer and your wall or whatever. Hey, don't forget to do this. So Anyway, the one I've been working on here, Red Rooster, um, they have a, a glove one. And the thing that I, uh, that I like about their subscribe and save deal is it's like all the benefits with no of the catches. So like there's no upfront fee. You can literally cancel any time. By, like, pushing a button. There's no person that's going to try to talk you into, hey, well, you know, let me get my manager on the line and see if I can do A, B, or C, you know. <laughs> what if I can save you
0: $2 a month? <laughs> but
1: what if, but wait, there's more. It's not like calling XM or something. It's like, Jesus, Direct you know? TV. Oof,
0: no, it's not.
1: So there's none of that. Literally, you turn it on, turn it off. You can increase the number of gloves you get each month. You can change the types. Da, da, da. Do you save a ton of money? No, not a ton. Maybe 10%, something like that. But the thing for me that I like is I know I'm going to go through X number of gloves a year. Like I just have an idea. So I just set up that amount on the subscription platform. And I know, okay, I'm going to go through this number because it avoids the two things that tend to happen. One, you show up to the golf course and you're like, oh, shit. So you go in the pro shop. And you end up paying through the nose for one glove
0: based on what they have. probably not a glove you want anyway.
1: Yeah, and it's whatever they happen to have in there. Or two, you get that really old, crusty, nasty thing that you try to bring back to
0: life with some saliva. So that's – I'm saying what do you – how far do you push a glove? Because I will – like, I will I will keep a glove. I don't care what color it is. Like, I've posted pictures of myself holding balls, and guys on Twitter have, like, blasted me for wearing an old, dirty glove. <laughs> and I'm like, it's fine. It's it's dirty, but it's still tacky, and it doesn't have holes. Or it only has one little hole, or, or maybe just two little holes, but not a rip. Like, how I, – I, I will play them until they disintegrate. I don't care, but what about you? I, that is – you know, so
1: – now that I have my red rooster gloves, I may I might toss them out a little sooner. Um, I will play it. I will use a glove until I get a hole, like in the palm area, because that's when it's starting to get slick in other areas. So if I get a big hole kind of there, what I'll do so I don't tempt myself is I just tear it. Like, oh, can't mm. use it anymore. That one's gone. But you don't um, you don't have
0: like a color basis where you're like mm, this no. is looking too brown, like some guy on Twitter Oh, I don't would care about that.
1: This. I don't yeah. care about that. It's basically We're filthy. We're filthy. Okay. Is it usable? Is it not? So I don't know. That, I mean that's I, I think there's a place for it. I think there's some cool stuff out there. Is it convenient and does it actually save you money? And is it something you'd buy anyway? If you don't buy it anyway then saving money on it isn't. Let's save crazy. four dollars
0: a month on something you didn't need before you found out you could save four bucks on it.
1: I know. <clears throat> travel bags came out this week, Tony. They did.
0: Best travel bags.
1: It doesn't seem like the kind of thing a lot of golfers should are gonna jump up and down about. In terms no, of our
0: tests, it's probably like a low year. thought item. I don't know. But how can much you make research. an
1: argument? Can we make an argument that people should be more excited about it than they
0: generally are? Maybe, maybe, and and I mean, so <laughs> our winner, the Sun Mountain Club glider, for I don't know how many years in a row this thing has won—three, mm-hmm. <laughs> four, Excuse maybe. Me, but... I'm going to say at least three. And it, it's one of those things where I I have a travel bag. It's, it's pretty good. It's it's an uh-huh. OGO monster. It goes back. I got to say it's at least 15 years old, like the original OGO golf travel bag. It's held up exceptionally well, despite everything that the airlines and the TSA have thrown at it. The Mm -hmm. has like a skid plate on it. That's turned different colors over the year, depending on over the years, depending on what it's been dragged across held up well. And I felt like, man, I've got a really good travel bag. I'm happy with this. And then I forgot what it was or who brought it, but a few years ago, this was immediately after it won um, for the first time. One of our guys shows up at the airport, and he's got that club glider. And uh-huh. I'm like, what the hell? How come my travel bag doesn't have folding legs with wheels on it? And you start to <laughs> see it's such a little thing. But I think if, you, if you've rolled a travel bag through the airport, a standard one, it's like inevitable, right? That it gets, yep. like it bends as you're dragging it. So you got this yeah, kind of does. It. Looks like yeah. an EI profile. It's like oh. banana. It feels a little banana on you, and with the the wheels on the and I don't own one. You know, I'm I'm kind of jealous, but I'm kind of happy with the OGO. But it's just like, are you getting this so, happy? So cool. Like, just no better way. Like, uh, and somebody asked us on our call this week. They said, you know, why doesn't everybody do this? I'm like, I'm sure it's patented because it's a really good idea. I think,
1: yeah, I mean, here, here's my couple arguments that people should be more excited about this than they are. Number one, you're not going to buy travel bags, I get it, like at the rate that you buy other things. They said, first of all, you have it's to not a subscribe and save item. It is not. A, no, there should be no subscribe and save platform for uh, travel bags. But it's one of those things like you buy maybe once a generation kind of. First of all, you have to travel a certain amount for golf to make it kind of feel like it's worth it, right? um secondly it's like oh man it's kind of like a nice thing a really nice set of rain gear like you don't really see the value in having a really nice one till you really really need it and you convince yourself that as you're using something else that it's good enough to get by until you try something else and you're like oh man that's kind of experience like i have not tried the the sun mountain one everybody that i've talked to that has like it's just ridiculously easy. Like, it just is. So if you're going to buy one and want to have it for 10 or 15 years, that's one to do it. I mean, the other ones, there are other great options. I mean, like I said, Ping was number two. Yeah, I've used been... that bag, and it's great. It stands up. I like the – it's it's easy to get stuff in and out. No problem. Titleist just purchased Club Glove or a I guess. So you'll see those bags. I think that was like number four. Ogeo, you know, where they're rocking and rolling. Ogeo, um, their Alpha Max was number three. So, again, you'll see some more similarities. But the best products that we t- seem to test that are kind of like that generationally really, really good stuff solve a problem. Where yeah. it's like, dang it, how come? like, And they solve it in such a way that it, it, it separates itself, right, from the others. Where you're just like, oh,
0: man. And I'm, I'm looking that at the is. top five too, and so we've got you said Sun Mountain number one, Ping two, yep. OGO three, the Titleist slash Club Glove. Somebody asked why we didn't test Club, Club Glove, and I'm like, it's, it's here. It's just now on a Kushner brand. So yep, sh- we got it. And then the Vice fifth, and among the top five, the Vice is the Vice is the inarguable bargain at 180 bucks, right? But the next least expensive, I mean, I guess you can call it a tie. I'm not gonna split hairs over the difference between $339 for the Sun Mountain and $340 for the Ping, but it's a dollar. Larger point, you're you're getting what is habitually our best bag with you know a cool feature that I think makes wheeling it around way easier. And it's it's among the the least expensive of the top performers. So yeah, it seems like a if I was gonna buy a bag. I, yeah, it would be no brainer to get that one.
1: Just yeah, if I one. was going to buy a bag, not only I'm our gonna...
0: test but seeing it and seeing people using it and just going, mm, I'm yep,
1: jealous. no brainer. So maybe you're excited about it. I'm more excited about it. I think people should be more excited about it. Than if you if you
0: can get more. excited about a travel bag, this is the one. Um, <laughs> sure. Tony, what is coming up this summer? Little tease, quick tease. Yeah, we are What do you woo! what do you get
1: to do this summer, Tony? That that
0: yeah, we are we are gearing it up, gearing up for our third. This will be the third time doing the robot ball test. So we are we are in the we are we are well into the planning phase right now. So it's going so to happen in July. July
1: execute it, results August as probably. soon thereafter as possible, but August ish.
0: Yeah, because we'll be testing into, you know, we won't be back until the beginning of the third week of July, and you know it's not, yep. it's not typically a quick turnover. We try and do it quickly, but you quick can't ish. Just go, oh,
1: here you go, half ass, full blast. Oh no, nope, nope. Those are called embargoes. That's what we tend to tend to uh, see there. So here's something people get confused all the time, and and so maybe we can help with this. What's the difference between our ball lab? That comes out generally pretty frequently, Wednesdays often, and our biennial ball test. What's the difference? Because people continue to get this confused. Ball lab versus ball test.
0: Yeah, so ball test is performance. That's where we're gathering launch and spin characteristics, uh, trying to look at some other things, height, trajectory in general, looking to see if there's anything for lack of a more concrete term wonky in the ball flight which is, is something we see from time to time wonky. um sort of the the ball flight for example was one of the biggest clues we had to an off-center core problem once mm-hmm. upon a time uh, so that's that's the ball test that's your performance, data. performance. The quality the ball lab is quality it's you know not we, we ideally we've got the performance data but now we want to know how how good is a given manufacturer at making the same ball time and time and time again, because the, the more deviation there is in the quality standard, if the more sort of difference between one ball and the next, the, the less consistent that performance is going to be. And in some cases you can have two balls from the same box, right. That we would expect to perform appreciably differently from one another based on the fact that, one of them is is kind of typical of what it should be, and this one maybe not. Whether or not it's compression, or sometimes we get balls that aren't round, or we get balls that are are really big. <laughs> as hot really as that small. sounds,
1: not all of them are round. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. So you get a variety. We find a variety of things in Ball Lab as well, and so Ball think Lab, between the two, we we paint a pretty good picture of yeah of all things golf ball. Ball Lab is
1: not going to tell you what ball is best for you. That's where you care about performance characteristics, those things that we see in our uh, actual ball test, right? But what Ball Lab is going to tell you is once you find a ball that fits your game, how often are you going to be able to expect that level of performance from that ball? So, you know, we're 98% confident that you're going to see this ball perform like X, you know, over time. And like you said, kind of marrying those two pieces of data is kind of what we're what we're working towards moving forward. How many balls are we gonna to test, Tony? Just real quick. Fifty. Do we have a number? 50? 50. 50. fifty? Five zero. Five zero. Five yeah. It feels like a lot.
0: Yeah. What did we do last having...
1: time? Do you remember off the top of your head? 30 last time? Thirty five ish. 35-ish. So this is darn near a fifty percent increase.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're uh we're we're gonna we're doing some things. This is, uh, we're getting creative to make this work and we have a way to make it work. And so now we're, like I said, planning, gonna, gonna have some conversations with some manufacturers to see if, you know, what, what, what might be available to us in terms of balls Mm -hmm. that may not be technically on the market at the time of testing. We'll see. So. We'll see. Yeah, we're we're shooting for fifty tuned. balls, um, and with that fifty, as you'd expect, we have a healthy number of we f- balls. We feel we, meaning the My golf spy staff, we feel have to be tested. Yeah, and you know that that does take up a, a healthy percentage of the test pool. We we can't mm-hmm. not test a Titleist golf ball, for example. Right, right. We not going to happen. Yeah, we we have to have the the big brands in there. Absolutely. Uh, but by, and, and certainly they haven't helped us by, I think they've helped the consumer, but they haven't helped us when, when Bridgestone, for example, has four urethane models. When Titleist has, is it four, five, four, four, four urethane But we models. have the
1: two yeah, so two or speed or. No, five. Got, yeah. Tour, so five.
0: Titleist with five and you've got, you know, TaylorMade made two Callaway three at least. And so, uh, the big guys take up a lot of space. You're already in the into double digits pretty quickly there, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, but we will, the, the we hope, I guess, hopefully, people find this exciting or cool. But uh, the plan is we know we're going to have X number of slots available for the, for, hey, you know, th- this could be interesting. We don't know if we need to test this or not. So yep. I, I think we'll get to the point where we'll be able to have the, the readers vote on some balls and ultimately. Ooh help us make the decision as to which which balls round out the test so yeah we
1: shall see tbd tbd do you have your running shoes on tony i do
0: not well you're gonna need them because
1: it's speed golf time Okay, let's go let's go yeah all right can't wait
0: till we get some intro music into here on
1: a scale of one to ten how big of a deal is unicorn purchasing a good chunk of evenroll. We got mergers and acquisitions. Unicorn tech company South Korea
0: purchased Six. a big chunk. 6. 6. Yeah, I'm kind of a barely like it's not nothing but it's not super super compelling 70% stake in evenroll. Yep. If only because based on other Korean acquisitions, you know, titleist effectively Korean yep. owned at this point. Um, who else? I' slipping my mind. We just wrote it up here. made. There we go. That's the one I was going for right. And I think at least one other notable. Um, oh, SuperStroke. There uh-huh. we go. It's all coming yep. back to me now. All, it's all coming old, back. And for the it's most part, none of these companies are are by and large left to operate as they see fit. Mm-hmm. And so I don't I don't think you're going to see unique or come in here and change everything. No. to be foolish and it, it's always weird when companies do that like hey we bought you because you're really successful <laughs> and you're in a space you know what you're doing your own space, and you're in a space we want to change be, all that. Yeah. And we're going to change all of it. Uh, yep. so I, I don't think you're going to see any major impact. Um it'll be interesting to see what happens with or moving forward as they you know we we've talked a lot in the club space about companies trying to figure out North America. Well, here we go. This <laughs> is this is a Tech simulator. Company company
1: trying to figure
0: out north america we'll see how it goes
1: okay how about this one adele golf changes ownership this has been in the works for actually quite some time just officially announced here uh last week doug coors part of the coors family of hops and barley beers beers purchase adele golf moving the hq to denver all those kind of things Again, scale 1 to 10, Tony, big deal, small
0: deal? Eight. I think it's a bigger deal than than Unicor, if only. um, I I don't know that Edel at this point necessarily is bigger than Evenroll, uh, but certainly a a broader reach within the golf industry, having iron lineups. And I think, you know, behind the scenes, as much as people love Edel Golf, it has a following. Behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, it was kind of dysfunctional. I think that's fair to say. If you walked,
1: it's, it was the really cool-looking house, and you're like, man, they got some cool stuff going on. The roof, this, that, whatever. And you open the door, and you're kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. And you go to another room, and you're like, oh, God, what is that? What's going on
0: here?
1: Like the, uh, the equivalent like, of an
0: episode of Hoarders, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, we're like,
1: oh, all right. That's so something. I think,
0: yeah, I think that with with new management and presumably a new yeah. direction makes sense under that management there's an opportunity for that company to to do some mm-hmm. things that I think it it probably yep. wasn't couldn't didn't whatever you want to use didn't in the past so bigger deal yep. bigger deal and doug uh course
1: I know him reasonably well is like a logistics genius like he i mean that that world of, of business development, organization, processes, engineering, getting that stuff. Rocky
0: Mountain stream water into the gas. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's it,
1: man. He he knows doesn't what he's, put
0: itself there.
1: He's no he knows what it's all right. Two more, real quick. Yeah, there was a team event on the PGA Tour this last, last week, Zurich Classic. People talk about players getting their first win, etc. Should players get the same number of exemptions and benefits from winning a team event as they do an individual
0: event? i don't know i don't care i just don't care
1: no all right then i'm half
0: as many half as many because is... two guys half a win each half as many perfect done Math. I, I just mathed it you just mathed it
1: last question tony why do t- two piece balls even exist
0: why do we have two piece balls because golfers are some golfers are too cheap to buy good balls that's it for preference Preference. simply a preference preference
1: being I want to spend as little as possible.
0: Or, yeah, or I want a a bright blue ball or I want a super soft ball. As soon as you go to two-piece, you are sacrificing performance for some other preference, and I don't understand that. So is it fair to say the only reason to purchase a two-piece ball
1: is either a cost issue or it has some other element of preference? Yeah. It's all but I can buy into. One hundred percent
0: preference, zero percent performance. And I know somebody's going to yeah. argue. Well, I play better. Whatever. Oh, no. Shut up.
1: No. Yeah, no, you don't. You actually don't. You just don't no. know it yet, yeah. which is totally fine.
0: Convince don't. yourself of anything, but uh,
1: so. you can. And ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Golf by T. Golf by C. No puts given. We're out. And we're back. And we're back. We're like working on There will be it. at
0: some point some cool like music and we'll disappear and all that stuff. But yeah, and then just, we'll like kind of... Just play whatever, whatever you feel in your head. Hum along, whatever. It's the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Transitioning to the after show. Welcome to the I after play show, a little, the after show, the after show. Welcome to a the little, after show. Little a little Mumford and Sons.
1: something. little Mumford and Sons I'd have yes. as there an intro we'll in there. To ask, so Today's topic... In the after show, the after party. What the hell? Yeah. is lab golf anyway? Oh. Yeah. we're talking putters. Uh, Dave Wolf, our resident putter guru. Um, by this point, likely as I think we will have the article up and published. Hopefully, uh, it will be. Kinda... It will
0: be. Yeah, it goes up before before this, so you will have. You'll be able to reference that which we are speaking about Mm -hmm. yeah
1: what is it tony lab stands for lie angle balancing which is lab golf talks about it as their kind of proprietary technology right so in the world of putters we basically i'm going to take this out for a second right we have the concept of like toe hang putters right so you get a putter and it kind of kind of does this, right? So, you know, if it hangs down, you can kind of see if that were a clock that's pointing at, I don't know, 4 o'clock, 4 30, maybe. Like that'd be Somewhere. 3, that would be 6. So we're, you know, in that 4 to 4.30 space, right? And you have putters with varying degrees of toe hang. And there are companies, right, that would say, hey, you want to match up that amount of toe hang with? kind of the natural arc of your stroke. Ping is big on this, right? I'm a, every time I've been with Ping, I am a mild or kind of slight arc stroke. So I have a natural tendency to
0: want to. I believe that is the most common stroke type. And you have many guys, you have many guys who believe that they're straight back, straight through, but that is actually the least common. So you tend to be a pretty
1: strong arcing guy from what I recall.
0: (laughs) I believe it's largely a setup issue, but yeah,
1: you you are. So we kind of have that idea, right? And then second idea being kind of a face balance one. Like if you take your putter out and I don't have a face balance one here handy, but if you hold it again and just let it balance on its own, that face points straight up. And again, we kind of have that as a face balanced model. Tony's. Oh yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh,
0: let's
1: see. Does that have a little toe hang to it? Eh,
0: just, just a, a fraction. But just yeah, more tick. or less face balanced. Alright? Just a tick so, on the PXG warthog. You can call it a they can call it a blackbird, but that's a warthog. It's They're a like warthog. Tests. Anyway. We we know what it is. I digressed as pretty. But those have been kind of
1: the two right dominant fitting kind of parameters or categories of putters uh, over time very quickly before we move on tony can you see that if i hold that up closer do you see what that is
0: it says mills
1: yep tp mills do you see the picture on the on the toe
0: is that what is that
1: it's an odyssey swirl in his state of alabama Remember when Odyssey signed TP Mills for like 2 minutes?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was like that was big news for 47 seconds.
1: Yeah, he made like five prototypes. Here's one of them. Oh. Yeah, who knew? Uh Then we get to this other space in cutters where you'll hear different things, right? So I'm going to throw in some company names at you. Uh You have you know, you got low torque, no torque, zero torque. Um, companies will talk about toe balanced. So we just, in the previous show, we talked about David Adele or Adele putters. They talk about different balance points. You have, I mean, my gosh, uh, axis one, Mm -hmm. their whole idea is that it spins on one axis kind of thing. Um, but talking about lab golf. So again, I'm, I'm kind of holding, putter in the same way like now before you know we had putters that did this little face some that sat straight up and now this one is balanced with the face toward the target um we saw a little bit of that something similar again i'm not going to say it's exactly the same but uh even roll had a putter with kind of their zero model last year the ev zero or the er zero Kind of had that face-forward technology, that idea. What's the purpose of that, Tony? Why, on God's green earth, would somebody create a putter that has more or less this type of balance orientation to it?
0: I mean, the idea is, right, it takes the rotation out of the putter head. Is that, is that how it's supposed to play? Yeah, it's the little thing that they swing around—it's mesmerizing when they put like a camera and in that little device and it—I don't what do they call it—the revolver or something. Rabbit revealer,
1: or revolver, yeah,
0: revealer. Yes, and it just kind of—it's yeah, it can lull you. To, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 almost comforting, especially if it's not your putter uh, that's twirling around like that. So yeah, that's the whole idea, right? Is to to keep the face, the putter itself, from twisting and turning through the putter stroke. So, the way, yeah, the way that I
1: understand it, and and I'm sure, you know, there are more technical terms using, you know, physics and and stuff like that. But um, the way that I understand it and what I've noticed in in terms of using it is throughout the putting stroke, the face does want to just stay square to your target line the entire time. So, I, I kind of think of it like if you were to you know, ha, have a situation where like, let's say you were out in the backyard and it had snowed a bunch and you just created like a little path for your putter head. It would never deviate from that little path. Like it just stays right in there. Do, 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 do. And it doesn't open, doesn't close. The idea of being right then it's, it's going to be easier for you to start it online if you're not, Letting the club open, getting it to close, and and right, we're trying to keep that face angle consistent at impact. I don't want to say like zero degrees at impact because, you know, that's hard. There, A lot of really good putters are either, you know, one degree open, one degree closed, whatever. But they're just that all the flip in time, right? So the idea is to get that face angle as consistent at impact as possible. So, I mean, to me, that part makes sense right like if i'm going to open a door close the door and then let the door swing through what if i just didn't open it
0: like that makes sense to me i don't know does it's that make sense kinda to like you it's kind of like a quiet hand kind of thing right like it just yeah i don't i mean it, it's interesting i've never i've never used one myself more than just messing around on the putting green which one and that's the other thing with lab everything ideally is to some measure fit for the golfer. It's not like any right. off the rack thing. And so I don't have any way of knowing right. if the ones I tried fit me or not. Uh, right. Kind of an interesting feel in the hands. Um, yep. More so than that. Um, shall we say interesting to look at? I mean, these are Absolutely. not, Absolutely. these are not I mean, conventional shapes. Um, new. I mean, you could new. argue that's loosely based on a fang, but Same. very loosely.
1: Yeah. And what's, I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause I think of any place within the golf industry on equipment, less traditional approaches or less traditional aesthetic aesthetics are all over the putter sphere, right? I mean, once upon a time, the two ball putter looked like, what is that thing? Like you have a Volkswagen attached to the end of a piece of piece of metal and you're going to putt with it. Really? You know, now we got people using grips, broomsticks, you know, traditional blades, a lot of mallets uh, that are out there, a variety of different signs uh, of mallets. I think Brian Harmon may still have like the largest putter by like square inches, uh, you know, like out on tours. It's,
0: it things huge. So, and <clears throat> yeah, this is one <clears throat> for me where I do, I, I do put some stock into what the guys on our staff are playing. Uh, mm-hmm. Because by and large, especially the guys at, at HQ, where, You know, they're testing between mallets and blades, 60 putters a year, uh, access to basically anything of consequence on the market. Right. And what we see, well, Harry, before he went to Wilson, was playing a lab putter, tried the lab Mm -hmm. putter, fell in love with it. Mm Philip, same thing. Kind of like, oh, this looks weird. Ha ha ha. Oh, wait a minute. Philip's got a lab putter. And I don't know if you're playing it, but you've got one. You seem to like it. Dave Wolf in in the article, he freely admits that he was somewhat dismissive of lab. I would put myself in that, that category, <laughs> somewhat dismissive of lab golf as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and he seems to love it. Who knows if it's, it's it's tough for anything to stick in Dave's bag. Cause he's the ultimate putter hoe. Um, yeah. Well, that's true. But, but the fact that he's like, yeah, no, this thing seems to really work. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, see, like, I, I don't know how you go about, uh, choosing a putter my process by and large is i you know go on site visits or events once two three sure. times a year and somebody fits me for a putter or i steal a putter and yep. and that's what i play that is the extent of thought and it's like all right what was i fit for most recently cool that's what's in the bag mm-hmm. uh that, that typically how it works for me but i think if you're gonna put some thought into it and do it right i mean like i said the guy's Our guys seem to love these things, and I don't personally, from an aesthetic standpoint, I don't necessarily get it entirely, but we also... You don't need to. No, and we did that. I mean, that was the thing we did. We haven't done it in a while, but several putter tests ago, we did it two years in a row where we... Somebody's at my door. Hang on. Okay. I don't know what they're doing. that's interesting. Okay. So we haven't done it in a while, but several putter tests ago, we did this thing where we, we not only had guys putt and we collected data and results and all that stuff, but we also had them Mm -hmm. rank each putter on, on the way it looked like what is from an aesthetic standpoint, how much do you like this putter? And there was an almost in many cases, inverse relationship between looks and actual (laughs) performance. So you know, at right. that time, we had some Scotties that didn't perform well for us. Guys love the way it looked. They're like, oh, yeah, the best putter. Oh, like, yeah. Love yeah, it. Yeah. And then we'd look, but- and it was like 24th out of 30 for a given tester. And then we'd have things like the ping catch, for example, when that really mm. caught fire. We yeah. guys were like, oh, yeah, this is this is the ugliest putter I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, yeah, well, guess what? It's three strokes better than anything else you tried. And so I'm, I'm looking at this going, mm, I don't know, but I'm also – I've seen enough – Of our own data to suggest that the fact that i'm i'm going tells me that i actually have no idea how it would perform for me and maybe some evidence to suggest that the more you hate it the better it's likely to be Uh, the
1: craziest things happen when people care more about performance than aesthetics Mm. and one of the things that i've noticed in i'll say dabbling with the lab putter is um there's a learning curve to it for sure and i think this is why we've seen in some of our testing really sporadic results like the the link point one kind of their blade style putter did not do very well in in our most wanted testing um however in our mallet testing their mallet the uh, mesmax that i was just showing you there
0: finished second overall so we get some of these really disparate and that's without uh, any you know our our test is basically an off the rack test so we don't exactly we, we do fit from stock, for example, with with drivers and things like that. But it's by and large. Yep. Like, this is what you would get if you walked into a golf shop. And that that gets tricky with things like like lab, where it is mm-hmm. inherently a designed to be intended to be a 100 percent custom fit solution. Exactly. And so I the other
1: thing that I've noticed about it, and I think this will be kind of an interesting thing, we're going to do more of a longitudinal member test with this with data um, because this is a 100% subjective statement. I don't have any data to back this up at all. But what I feel like I hear from people that do use lab putters is they seem to stick with it in, in the sense that maybe it's kind of an acquired taste and maybe there is a learning curve to it. But once you get comfortable and kind of get in that space with it, you're not swapping it back out for something else. And it could be because it is like, okay, I, I got this. It feels, it makes sense. Now I I'm in a good comfort spot with it and I'm going to kind of stick with it maybe a little bit longer. And so we're going to put some testers through that and kind of see it, you know, if, if that holds up, but if that's true, I mean, that also could help explain why, like I said, when we fit from stock and we, kind of fit how people would buy off the rack and then yeah there are products that are out there that are really 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 not intended to be purchased that way um this is probably one of them it's gonna be i think that that part's gonna be super super interesting as as i dabble with it a bit more as well um yeah i'll just be interested to see uh kind of see how it turns out so Thoughts, Alrighty. feelings, hopes.
0: Yeah, it's Dreams. a nice curiosity to me. Um but yeah. Am I gonna see one it's in your lot. bag this year some am I gonna yeah. see
1: one in your bag this year some point,
0: Tony? Uh you know, you know my rule. Like, it seems to be like I said, last putter fit for, so um although that's like right now I still have the the PXG Warthog. The Warthog. <laughs> <laughs> what Love I call the Warthog, uh I got fit for a different PXG putter when I was out there. I haven't put it in the bag yet. I've been putting pretty well. The rest of my game has been hot garbage, but
1: putting, well, back we'll to putting pretty well. Yeah, we'll update on that one next time. Well, if you have questions on the lab putter or putters in general, ask Dave Wolf. He'd be more than happy to answer all of them. No, you can ask us too. We'll see what we can figure out before you. But until next week, Tony, we're out again.